expanding our knowledge through those amongst us is a privilege we take for granted. Join me as we explore the minds of our fellow beings to unlock their knowledge for ourselves. Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the Arthadian Anthologies podcast, where I, MS Arthadian, dive into the ever-expanding universe I'm developing and the deeper meaning behind it all. Today, I have on a friend, chosen, and a previous co-worker of mine to discuss sci-fi and the likes. Oscar is a bioengineer major who has a strong love for the science fantasy genre. He and I also share similar beliefs on the nature of reality, though not fully agreeing on the creation of it all. Listen to us chat as we sip on some margaritas and discuss the wonders of science fiction. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello. Today I have on Oscar Ulysses Huerta Chavez. Chavez Huerta. One of those two. <laughs> How are you doing, Oscar? Um, pretty good, Matthew. Arthur, thank you. Um, yeah, it's we're chilling right now. Um, we just ate. Yeah, um, we just ate. Uh, we we have a we had margaritas. Got got some good tequila. Yeah, um, um, my mine was like more tequila than a, a mix in a margarita. But you know, it, yeah, it's yeah, good. the margarita mix was placed inside the freezer for unfortunate reasons. Unfortunate reasons, and it froze up. <laughs> so we have to wait until it thaws. We might have another one in the middle of this. Get a little bit tipsy, maybe. Um, but mm-hmm. let's have some fun talking about some science fiction, yeah? Yes, sir. Um, so, what would you define science fiction as? Well, to me, science fiction would be the probable... Well, the impossible made probable... No, actually, no, sorry. The impossible made probable... I think that's exactly what you just said. <laughs> ah, damn, my bad. Am, am I already gone? Let's <laughs> uh, just say the fact that this is like our vision of what the future should be with future generations. Like, yeah, you might yourself not, not be able to live to that aspect, but it's like an, a dream of some sort where you would want to have someone appreciate the beauty of the progress of... Of humanity. Exactly. And like whatever species you're talking about. And science fiction can also like... There's things that have come out of science fiction stories that, like, so for example, this is probably like a, a not not the best example that oh, I should give. But, it's like the most uh, right right now, Amanda's listening to 1984, oh, and that's yeah. kind of I would say science fiction because because when he wrote it, when he wrote uh, 1984, George George o- Orwell, oh, well, yeah, yeah, George Orwell, he wrote that in like the 20s. Explaining how like a totalitarian regime takes over the world and all that stuff, and it's very similar to what's going on in our world today. Sadly, yeah, sadly, in some, in some but, aspect. But yeah, there's all there's other stories that that have come out um, that have really made an impact on to our culture as a whole and also onto our scientific community to really try to progress humanity to a point in which we can probably go across the stars mm. like Elon Musk for example yeah i mean they they might have some ulterior motive i'm just saying they might i'm not saying i i do know but at least it's the progress where 
how military wars and everything allows us to progress whether you you know accept it or not into technology like yeah like reason- for for example uh the internet came out of just i'm pretty sure it was like a like a military exactly like nice like not only united states but like you experiment. know just like experiments trying to like communicate long distance and everything and next thing you know yeah and then they just commercial. they just gave it to the world yeah and, and free yeah and well, I mean, there's other places that don't get to have free access to the internet. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Throughout the world, so my bad, correction, but yeah, North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, totalitarian uh, regime obviously would be able to gain that technology and uh, make it use for it. Like, yeah, the United States could possibly. I mean, maybe by law they won't, but like they could ha- have some loophole that they're trying to make it, you know, not uh, free. But like right now, most Americans have now already have the privilege. Yeah, and then they just think of it as a right, and they will obviously fight for it, whether they're right or wrong. They'll still fight for that. Yeah, but it hasn't been implemented as like a legit right within the Constitution of of America, and like I think like internet freedoms would be a great like you know a new internet bill of rights or something like yeah. that for every world citizen. Like if if things became like super globalized and stuff, like not not that 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 I'm saying I want that, but if things were to become globalized, which eventually I'm sure that would be the case because we're just, we're, we can explore the entire world now. We can explore outside of like space and like in, into space where we're getting to that point. I'm sure like 50 years from now, we're going to get to that point where we're, we actually have a colony on, on like the moon and possibly even Mars. And if we get to that point, well then we can, I, I I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that, that's a that's like one of the beauties of it. Like, even though you don't know, it will come up to you in some dream or some like daydream. Yeah, and, you, and you can write about it. And science fiction allows us to to really imagine what the future might hold. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and and actually, in that aspect. Despite the fact that we have science fiction as something that we want to look forward to, there's some, how you said, like 1984, there's some other novels and some other media, like Brand New, uh, Brave New World. Um, Are we just going to go into George Orwell this entire <laughs> Well, he's not George Orwell, but he's a. Uh, Isn't Brave New World? No, it's uh, Arjo Huxley, something like that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I see it. Yeah, like they're they're all intertwined, but like I'm not well versed in all that stuff, unfortunately. I mean, I'm not an English. I hate English, but you know, I kind of like literature and its aspect of it. I um, thought Brave New World was or George Orwell. No, nah. is it also Fahrenheit? Actually, uh, let me check. Let me check. Four fifty one. I have my phone right here. Yeah, check it. Because uh, I know that I know that I know Brave New World's not him, but like check it. There's also there's also on Animal Farm, but that's more of a yeah, communist, I know. You know well, uh, analogy. Animal Farm is is in the perspective of a pig, right? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I mean, you know that George Orwell himself. Oh yeah, Harper Peren- Perennial, right? Or Aldous Huxley. Yeah, that, that, Al- yeah. Aldous Huxley. Yeah. Oh well, why why is this here? Okay, I don't know. Oh, yeah, who, Aldous Huxley. Yeah, he's the one who uh, later in life, before right before his death, you know, did LSD and you know died with LSD. Wow. Yeah, but uh, he did have aspect where like people get kind of like genetically engineered and then they have this uh, sustained protocol where they live a life directly and they give they're given onto a role onto themselves mm. um by the society it's like 
Yeah, in in that genetically aspect, like, what if right now we're kind of able to genetically engineer babies? Yeah, to you know have this perceived. Uh, traits that we would want that like crispr or something like some kind of like genetically yeah like, crisp crispr is uh, the, the what, what's that called there's a specific term for it is like eugenics not not eugenics eugenics like, is like the study of something but no that's a you, you sure it's not genetic you, you mean genetic engineering because yeah crispr is like the, the, the yeah, pro, the, yeah well, i know that that's the crispr is like the is is the technology process yeah. of it like it's like how to rewrite dna and, and to make it your own yeah that's something that I know Jaron likes talking about is the whole singularity point is when we can actually literally like genetically modify our, our children would like to have the desired traits that we want them to exactly. have. Like, and that's kind of, that gets to the point where like, you know, in a, um, the movie, a uh, man of steel, like Superman, the, yeah. the, the newer one, um, they go into how uh, Krypton had like their all, all their births were all genetically modified to have a specific role to play inside inside yeah. their whole society, and no, there there were no actual like real births between like a, like no natural of, ones, yeah, no natural birth anymore, and that could we could get to that point. Yeah, I mean, again, to every aspect. Both natural and, and genetically engineered births have their own pros and cons, but it's just how the way you see it. And there's also the aspect of if it's in the right hands, supposedly. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like genetic genetically engineering would would make us go to a point where humanity, like every every human, is no longer having having a choice of what they want to do with their life. They're no longer like. They actually have a purpose at the start of their life, and their purpose is that thing. They now know their purpose, yeah. which I guess is good. They, there is a pro to that because some people just can't find a purpose in their life, and then they, they walk around aimlessly, and then that's what... What, you mean a con, or...? What do you mean? You said pro. That is a pro in a way. Oh, okay, in a way. The, I thought you said that. I thought you were doing a con. It is, okay. it is a pro, but it's also a con. It's yeah, like, that's, it's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, that's the thing. And it just it depends on how we see it and how we are able to utilize it, and that's we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. So let's move on from there and go on to what's your fi- favorite science fiction uh, work? Uh, work of art. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, as much as like you know Star Wars and whatnot, uh, like the classics ones, I feel like there's a video game that really is dear to my heart called warframe warframe yeah right. i mean i know that you i yeah, i've you know, played it i've know. played it i'm sure there's there's other people out there who have who have played it as well yeah it's um, it back then it was indie this one's kind of like you know still semi-indie because they have their own uh convention called tenocon so they do i didn't even know that you didn't know it wow i didn't well i'm not a warframe like bruh <laughs> but yeah they, they have their own con- uh their own uh, convention center uh event uh tenocon um the thing is is that with that aspect it's because science even then maybe i'm not even answering my own que- the, your own question because your question because warframe is more of a science fantasy aspect because to me as much as like science fiction if it's pure science fiction it, yeah, Star Wars, but I like the aspect of Warframe. I, I would say pure science fiction is not Star Wars. Or, yeah, you're not Star Wars. I would say pure science fiction is like something like Interstellar. Interstellar, like Star Trek. But 
Yeah, well, Interstellar, the movie, have you seen? Oh, the, uh, the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah interest, like, so science fiction is, like, literally, like, taking science and then turning, like, a little you, bit of fiction into it. You know what, you know, I mean, as much as, like, Interstellar, and I think if it's pure science fiction, it, like, it doesn't have to be a franchise, but, you know, just a movie, Arrival. 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 Yeah. yeah. It, that, that. Okay, that My top favorite movies are, are, are uh, Arrival, Interstellar, and 2001 a space odyssey yeah in that order or just in like mixed order it could be i think it's in that order arrival arrival was amazing it was beautifully told uh just like everything kind of goes around in a full circle and you just it's it's just beautifully told and in the choice that like even if you know it are you still gonna follow it and it's it's not like independence day like like when it with like oh you which one the the alien well both of them both uh, (laughs) are The aliens come down and try to take your resources and destroy your world, and you have to go to war with them. And like, yeah, yeah that's that that's like a, oh, humanity, go for the win. Yes, yeah, and like, like shoot them with nuclear bombs. Yes, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but in Arrival, it actually takes the concept of what would actually happen if aliens came and visited our world, and we need to solve what they want with us. Yeah, like. With with independent thing and even like the game Halo, like they both have the aspect like oh yeah, what if an overpoweredly you know militaristic like alien society, alien society civilization uh, invaded our planet? Yeah, like Halo would be more future, more bit more realistic in terms of like how that happens and you know right whatnot than uh, Independence Day. But then how in your case and with Arrival, what if both parties had that like unknown uh, feeling where? They are both well, in danger of, like, yeah, yeah, us humans being visited by those aliens was much as interpretation. Uh, interpretation. Oh my god, how you can say the word? Like, they're more. I mean, the aliens were just as in fear of us than inferior. we are. Like inferior, yeah, yeah. Not just in fear, but also inferior because we never. They don't know how we are, and so they had to try to communicate with us. Yeah, and, you know, they're they're like unknown visitors alone in our world that's teeming with humans of unknown species. Yeah, but if you were to really watch it, Arrival, like, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So, if you do, if you do want to watch it, stop the podcast right here and go and watch Arrival now, please. It is one of my. It's like my top favorite movie it, it, right now. Yeah, likewise as well. It, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Amy Adams, go watch it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, in Jeremy, Arrival, in Jeremy Renner. Oh yeah, J- Jeremy Renner. Um, who else is in that? I don't know, but sorry, I know that inside that movie, the aliens, their language allows them to see through the passage of time, mm-hmm. and once you comprehend that language, you're able to understand. You're able to see your timeline basically before you you're able like almost like memories of the of future events that haven't happened yet but you know that they're going to happen and you can choose to deviate from that path exactly but it depends on if you actually want to deviate from that path yeah. and the whole story is all about this the conflict of it yeah the conflict of of, of that whole thing like, yeah, two and parts, it's so yeah. beautiful it's so beautiful <sighs> man arrival See, go, there's go the, watch it. There's the originality, man. Like if yeah, if, see that's well. I I know that that was a book before, but like 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 I said, make 
Like again, you said they had it one time, and like okay, that's the one time. But if they were to do another remake, then yeah, that that was just yeah. destroy the beauty of it, like, yeah, in it, a way. It, yeah, exactly. But yeah, definitely go watch Arrival. Um, but Warframe is definitely part science I, fiction. Yeah, it's it. I I I really didn't like get too deep into it to really understand the full lore of it. Can you explain a little bit about it? Well. It comes from another video game beforehand that the developers, the same developers, Digital Extremes, uh, created called Dark Sector. But it's more of like a, from there, it kind of deviated to its own universe in a way, even though they say that, oh, yeah, this game beforehand is still part of the universe, even though the origins would have been different. It's like humanity has fall, has uh, progressed to a point where, I think it is humanity, that they call themselves the Orokin. Uh, this civilization is like spanning the solar system, maybe not galaxies, but like just our solar system right now. And uh, they have this aspect where they uh, created genetically engineered slaves. These people who are merchants, like they, they just—it's like an own society, but it's kind of like a corrupt hierarchy. Mm. And then they created one of their greatest weapons that are able that they use to mine to uh, terraform other galaxies, so they can move and you know colonize there. Yeah. But then it went haywire with, um, I mean, I did leave early in a bit, like two years ago, three years ago. So the, the most I can say is that with these guys, they're called Sentinels. Um, I think it was Sentinels or Sentience. Um, they um, turn against the masters. And the thing is, is that they have the ability to, whatever they're thrown at, what energy produces, there's energy lasers and, you know, like, you know, science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are able to adapt. The adaptability is one of the core, like tenets of their entire like species. Species, and that's the thing that it's like it, it's dangerous to any like if any species encounters a species with that aspect, it's total destruction because they'll be able to adapt, or not, not like invincible, but they're, they're able. If that species is able to utilize that trait, then they'll be able to adapt. And basically be invulnerable and invincible to whatever they're thrown at. Wow. And the thing is, is that, yeah, the thing is, is that they were, the, the Oregon were um, about to lose, uh, were losing ground until they created another weapon. Like, it's like as if they didn't learn their lesson um, called the Tenno because the origin oh. with these guys is that they, you know, it, it, like, uh, I call it short time, uh, Short explanation are basically like Space Ninja, but their origin are the fact that they're kids that um, have been in deep lost space or they, they've been drifting space for a long time and they've entered another dimension called the Void. That's a new type of energy that hasn't been seen in this solar system at all, like mm. a different world. They went back, they were rescued, had this energy and the orc and experimented on them and made them, ooh, child uh what was it child soldiers that's another aspect right there uh and that one thing led to another they supposedly won but then somehow they turn against the tenu or the tenu uh, yeah the tenu sorry the tenu turn against the orican and that's where their ultimate downfall came about and from there the story picks up like years ago where they're you know high uh, cryostasis into the future and then the slaves became what we know as a grenier, the deformed, you know, clones. Wow. Um, the merchants and, you know, the wealthy people became, uh, were, were uh, forced to salvage and uh, 
build their own technology, like reverse engineering. They're called the Corpus. Yeah, the Corpus. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, remember, I remember all. One. I remember all the little factions inside the game. I just like I never really dive deep into, into the lore. The, into the lore, and I I do like diving into lore and, and understanding that stuff. Um, it's just I never got like too deep into it. Yeah, I never yeah. got in, like su- super deep into Warframe and, and understanding it. So I I did enjoy it. I just feel like I just didn't ha- spend enough time with it. Yeah, and then if it comes to science fiction, then yeah, almost like. 89% is science fiction and the fantasy part is the void like it's like it's a, it's like basically like magic like you know yeah, as soon as you wizards. start like implementing magic ma- magical like sources and stuff inside mm. it that's where it gets to a a fantasy route a fantasy aspect i guess yeah and that's why like my stuff is considered science fantasy yeah which uh, is my favorite yeah. and that's why i love your universe like yeah yeah but yeah, in terms of science fiction, yeah, it doesn't have to be like lasers and pew pew and everything, but it's like also the aspect of having to know these, uh, not saying that fantasy is like this, that doesn't have this, but it's more like science fiction, since it's more per, uh, per se grounded, since in our own universe right now, we're more, you know, there's no magic. So yeah. we're progressing into a more science fiction route. Well, we don't know if there's any magic. magic exactly. But so, also in our in our own definition, magic is something that we don't. We don't no, actually understand, understand. and so, like, and so technology can can play, be placed into the role of magic. Exactly, and like, there's an author called a uh, Arthur C. Clarke. I'm gonna say Arthur, uh, but uh, author, but like, it's like you know, a, a influential uh, person. Uh, my, Ar- my Ar- Arthur C. Clarke, yeah, yeah. He's one of his quotes. I think it was one of his quotes. Says that magic is basically advanced technology mm-hmm. because it's just something that we don't understand at the moment, but given time and given the progress of our you know, of our own civilization and civilization, we'll be able to come and understand it. Yeah. But it depends on if if this technology comes to us first, and like, what the hell is this? And then we'll be able to like reverse engineer it, and you know, be able to utilize it in the future. Nice. So let's move on to a passionate subject of mine: Reborn in Power and the Orthadian anthologies. Um, so. Recently, we just recorded our 60th episode together for, well, well the, the 60th episode for the podcast, and it's a Reborn Power session with Arcantos, and it makes some slight foreshadowing elements come to light that will be coming up within Season 3, as well as my future endeavors that I have planned, um, but... From you, Oscar, I'd like to hear your inspiration of what brought you to creating Arcantos and like all your all your thoughts on this whole new expanding universe. Well, as I mean, not all of you, but as Matthew would know, uh, Arcantos is my uh, second character I created for. Uh, the Arthanian anthologies, you know, the the, um, the reborn in power, and uh, it, it's kind of like I'm not saying that you would say it kind of a remedy from my first one because the first one I just jumped straight into it and I created something where it's like both kind of like magic and technology, but in a different aspect. But because of me not being able to play well, it led to a lot of deaths, and you know, it yeah, it led it led to well. Ulysses. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Ulysses. It's just that it's not, 
what I expect from him, but still love him nonetheless. Yeah. But with Arcantos. For Arcantos, though, um, that's the one where, as I said, science fantasy is my, like, preferred genre I like at all types of media. And so, but, you know, you have to have some foundation to it. So I had to choose either magic or, not saying science, but, you know, technology as the base. In this case, you know, as you can see from the theme of this, I chose science as the base and then had this hybrid um, aspect of him having uh, magic as well, where he's able to utilize well, he's able to combine two energies to, you know, create his own energy. Not that other other people have it, but like this is what he has. Yeah. And so, um, he, in terms of that, his like intent creation, yeah, that's him. But then, in terms of like his personality, uh, he he kind of goes into my more like, um, nonchalant. Well, not nonchalant. More like my uh, calm attitude, my calm like personality. Personality. Yeah. Like I, I um. I'm more, I'm a, if, if you really get to know me, I'm more of an emotional type of guy. Yeah. But I do override that most of the time, especially with, you know, strangers or people that I know, uh, that I don't know off the bat uh, with my logic, with my, uh, not saying that being emotional is not being reasonable, but it's more like I control myself. So I'm more of a, stoic type of person where i seem unfazed i seem like oh yeah that, that's right like you know just chill just, attitude yeah. yeah i mean not much of a chill attitude but more like a, i want to take and be more open-minded you you want to you want to take in whatever, whatever you can yeah exactly and so uh arcanatos embodies that aspect where uh he uh he wants to learn what he can like yeah, kind of like, like a true sage, exactly. Yeah. Like he just wants to learn more about the universe. He wants to uh, not just help, but also at the same time, he has uh, kind of like a a duty per se to you know help others and as much as he can to his best of his abilities. Mm. Uh, unlike Ulysses, where he just go like kind of went guns a blazing and just just give a, a, a he, damn, he didn't yeah he didn't care because he he felt like he was invincible because he died so many times yeah to, to a certain aspect i mean yeah the, oh wow how the uh events turn out the mind right like it just corrupts the mind some aspect yeah um but arcantos is pretty interesting because he uh he is a cron um and cron in a sense have forgotten their roots in the in the current time that you guys are living in yeah that's correct uh they have forgotten their roots, which their roots come from within Vicronics and the uh, whole understanding of the conduit and the energy that flows within Synchronous and all that stuff. The 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 mainframe that is found within Synchronous and everything. They have forgotten all of that. Core reset was part of that, but even before that, they they just they it just faded away from their culture because they were so. Well, they're so enveloped by the whole pillars and the foundation and in a, in a strange way, the pillars being together, being converged together, every single one of their cultures have kind of taken a hit because they're trying to merge with each other. That is correct. And from your description, it does kind of sound like a, 
uh, make a America great again. <laughs> but um, it's more like I didn't, I didn't, I did not expect yeah. that. But okay, <laughs> but like back on the topic on your universe, it's more like I could see why the Kron have lost their way. Uh, they have technology, and then it's kind of like the thing that you're um, you're given. How would you call it? You're given hand-me-downs and you're just given like plates on a silver platter, uh, you know, utensils or someone yeah. on a silver platter type of thing. And uh, that kind of maybe corrupted and just made them like, you know, I don't say weak will, but, you know, just like, eh, like, you know, be bygones, be bygones. And as you can see, their society has divulged into some parts uh, homelessness. Yeah, and- Sector 399 right. is not... It's like the lower slums, and you know, in a lot of cyberpunk kind of style settings, there's always that like lower slums setting where there's just a bunch of criminals and like organizations and yep, syndicates yep. and all that stuff. So I I have the same thing. I I, I kind of steal from those things because why not? Everything's just you know, it's not not. There's no true originality at the moment. Yeah, but. It's how it's, you use it's it. Something, it's something I, I pull from. Right? Exactly. It's, it's how you use it. Like yes. if it's whether it's like to a form like oh it's it, it goes either to like oh this is straight plagiarism to more like oh this is how my twist is yeah and then it creates something not original but something new yeah There's exactly a difference. Um, yeah and and for for Arcantos you you have taken the path of a conduist and you also went through a whole ordeal. Uh, going in into an alternate reality of the of a past version of yourself, and then living through that life for several cycles, and yeah. then returning back, and now because you went through time in a in a way, there is there's obviously consequences to every time time paradox situation that that happens, and those consequences have caused Arcantos not able to leave Synchronous without having a like a some kind of conduit orb that is around him. Yeah, like a mobile battery times. basically, yeah. Yes. Um and that, that is unfortunate, but uh again, in terms of his personality, he would um obviously he would want to do it better, but would he take the same path? Oh, yeah, hell yeah, because you know, he he knows what's at stake. He wants to help others as much as you know it's a broken cycle uh you know broken record this one repeating that but it's the thing is is that even knowing the risks he knows that if he doesn't do anything you know it, it's uh not saying that he's important but it's more like he knows that any helping hand could help co- uh, cause turn the uh, could help turn the tide turn the tide yeah yeah and so he as much as he doesn't like that predicament uh, he, you know, he's working around it. It's the thing that where you either sit down and do nothing and just wallow in the fact that you know you can't do anything, or you have numerous possibilities. Like that, that's one choice. And yeah. There's numerous possibilities where it will still hurt you, but you know it's still you know there. Or- yeah, exactly. So, what do you think of the relationship between Arcantis and his teammates? Do do you think that it is better than Ulysses? Because right now Ulysses is. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, not really a team player at the moment. Yeah, but Arcantos 
well, he's 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 kind of the youngest character in in this whole in the yeah, this whole group. Like he's, I think, if I'm right, he could be one of them or the only one that technically didn't literally experience the core reset. Uh, just Yarelli is is the other one that hasn't re- experienced the core reset. Okay. And the, the other, like, um, are like I think, but the other ones went through it. Yeah, um, we're not going to dive into that whole yeah. thing, but. What is your take on like as Arcantos between the relationship with William Sor and Rydia Veleth and not even just them, but also the NPCs like Ariel Sor and like different Grand Sage, yeah, Grand Sage Orkelis. Grand, Grand, Grand Sage Orkelis. Um well in terms of like the first one that I Arcantos would have ever obviously encountered was William Sore, since you know he was in the professor of where uh, Arcantos the delved more into the magic aspect of his powers. Yeah, so uh, Arcantos as a Kron went to the Arcus Academy on Archaea, and he wanted to learn more about magic. Um, the specific magic that he was trying to learn was the Ion Link, which William Sore is a professor teaching that. Uh, that Majin Link. Mm. Um, but when you went to go learn it, uh, you actually ended up stemming more directly into your kinetic, en- your kinetic, kinetic energy. energy. And then that is usually the, the quicker path to achieving some kind of like ion state, ion link. Yeah. Type, and then it, type it, it power is, form. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 you manifested that instead of an actual link, but the link that you were able to get was actually a techno link. Techno link. It's uh, according to you. I'm assuming that that's a bit better than ion. Yeah. It, or it, in terms of like, well, it, it, it's I like wouldn't so say much it, more specific into more specialized. Yeah. They're, they're specific. So when it comes to different types of power forms and all that stuff, I don't necessarily try to make, make, it, make them one better, better yeah. than the other. It's more like it really depends on the type types of abilities that, they come with yeah. the abilities, the skills, the and abilities, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, like you know, the Ion State. You told me that it's like, yeah, that I get it was um, kinetic and kinetic and spark, spark, yeah. spark energy. But then te- techno, you told me it was like it was like four, four like four. yeah, four of them, like um, cosmic and quantum were put yeah. into it. I'm like, oh wow, I did not see that coming. My yeah, mind. because uh, the because the techno link focuses on the conduit energy and the conduit energy was is like just permeates all of synchronous and this all was created by the architects pre-convergence and pre-convergence was before the core so yeah before the core so synchronous didn't like the architects didn't know anything about the about the cosmic realm or or like the quantum realm and all those all those things and th- those those two specific uh, like entities were are kind of like outside of, of the purview, but they still understood the they still understood the mechanical aspect of reality to yeah. access those energies even before the true testaments of them, the true like embodiments of of them came into fruition within correct within the convergence. So yeah, that's that's why the conduit energy is so it's so unique. Yeah. And so our our, our not knowing that he um, would try to do the as you said the ion link, but then awaken kind of like more of an ion state, and then from there he was able to uh, with the help of 
you know, not just Soar, but his classmates and everyone else was able to know exactly uh, how to utilize his powers and awaken his second form, which would been which would be the uh, Technolink. But then, uh, in terms of that, like, yeah, William Soar is seen as kind of like Arkansas's uh, mentor in some sorts, kind of like a kind of like an uncle type of thing, where an yeah. uncle like figure, and specifically not father, but uncle at the moment, where you know he's kind of like a fun guy to um, hang around with, despite the fact that you know there's no technically in that point no parental supervision, as you can see how Soar almost William Soar almost. Uh, uh, indirectly killed uh, Arcantus with that uh, the space. Yeah, this is going go, go into space. But um, goddamn, yeah, he he is kind of like your your adopted father, fatherly figure in a way. Because uh, in a way, your 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 mother, she's not very um, a mother. Yeah, your, your your mother is not very healthy. It's not a healthy individual to be to be around. Yeah. Um, she's pretty abusive. Um, throughout throughout your life, throughout your life as Arcantos, and I don't know, you know, my father. You're, and everything. Yeah, your father. You don't know anything about your father except for the visions that you've had about him. Yeah, and um, despite that, like Arcantos still really uh cares about his own mother, and even what the and to a point where even in the alternate reality, he would have wanted to uh had an aspect where she would live. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, what is your take on the uh, relationship between Arcantos and Rydia Valeth, which is Ryan's character? Um, in that aspect, it's kind of like a—I want to say not like a mother figure, but it's more like a, a older sister type of thing. Where Ryan's character, Rydia Valeth, is a uh, kind of more nonchalant than William Sawyer. You know, she has yeah. her own problems. She's completely changed from the yeah from her original the other campaign. Yeah, Ulysses really did a number on her. <laughs> But uh, in that aspect, though, because, uh, you know, the, the Arkansas' interactions with Rydia, um, he knows more about, like, you know, the Dwarven Citadel, uh, knows that Rydia has her own problems, that not everyone can have the option and the opportunity to save the universe because they have... They have their own smaller problems, like, exactly. like their own world to handle exactly because we'll, which we'll, which we'll we'll be getting into in in season three so oh yeah yeah just you wait oh yeah <laughs> but uh yeah because if you think about william soar he was more into like that classic uh jaron would make him a kind of like that how i would perceive it as a classic like uh you know just save the world type of thing like like hero archetype aspect where he already like knows his shit yeah but then, uh, I mean, he has his own problems, but, like, it's more like he already has a more stabilized and more, um, you know, uh, the, the NPCs could do it for me type of thing in a way. But then with Rydia, he, uh, uh, Ryan knows that, you know, there's the aspect of her long-lost brother and then, you know, just another society within her, you know, Prima's garden where he, where Rydia comes from that, uh, you know, there's, like, a rebellion type of thing like that's yeah. more real than you know just nobles debating with you know jaren and the archaean house and type of thing yeah I, but I, my I, I do feel like w- william has gotten to a point where he feels like his, like there's just so much responsibility on on his shoulders that he is he's just been beaten down and he doesn't he, he's gotten to a point where he he doesn't even know if he cares about about uh archaea anymore he doesn't know oh. he doesn't know if if the 
he doesn't know if the Titans like are even like I I we have to ask Jaron. I'm sure yeah. he's gonna listen to this and be like, No, that's not that's not what what I think. But William he I feel like he he just wants to be left alone. That he wants to be with his family and he wants to see his children become great figures. But he just sees that there is always going to be some threat coming. There, yeah, exactly. There's, there's. How would they say? There's. Uh, and in a way, no sometimes, worries. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to realize, like, yes, there are always going to be new threats coming. It's a way that we prepare ourselves for the next generations and how and how we and how we grow as like as societies exactly to face faceless threats head on exactly and if it depends also not just how we prepare but like if we want to prepare like do we just want to collaborate the past and you know just take us all in one go and stuff yeah yeah and and it really depends because we don't know if if that calamity that calamity in the future is it going to be something that's going to completely destroy everything we know or is it going to be something that that takes something away and then put something new (coughs) exactly and then from there would be another choice to be like do you want you know, do you just want to sacrifice that one part, that one aspect, or, you know, go all in? Again, it's like choices come with the consequences, and you just have to make what's best for the situation. And I'm saying that in the way where you want the best for you, or you want the best for the group, or you just want to make it in between. Exactly, you know. It's just, it's just you know, adaptable. You need to be adaptable. Adaptable. Adaptability. Now, what about the relationship between Arcantos and Vicronix? You see, we're we're gonna go be going into that inside entry sixty a little well, a little bit, not not too much actually. I, I don't think too much, but it is a point because well, you are you are a chosen, and as a chosen, you usually get. Uh, experiences visions and dreams and all that stuff of of greater beings coming before you and speaking to you to see they're they're interested in you because you are not like all all the others who just follow their path and lead down you actually have some kind of free will and so they're very interested in you in some way so vicronius is interested in you because well you you were born on Vicronix, and you were kind of like a, a child of his. So, what does Arcantos take on Vicronix? Well, if anything, from the from the from the start, Arcantos would just wanted to know more about his past, or you know, like have some solidification of it, and uh, how you call it, uh, would want to. Uh, but from there, um, it gradually, it transformed to him wanting to know more about his powers and controlling it to, uh, you know, the classic thing where scenario where he would, oh, I'm uh, one of the chosen ones. I would want to, uh, I would have to, it seems, uh, help others and, um, you know, help the universe avert this disaster, this catastrophe. But, um all in all, it's just that it gradually went from like a 
not say know it all, but just Arkansas would view Vicronics as someone who's just inexplicably like goes on and off, like like what the hell where are you type of thing to like I just accepted this like I, I will do the best to my ability because I've you know kind of found myself not wholly but I'm onto my path where this is where I'm more com- most comfortable with and yeah like I kind of you know do like it I just you know don't want others to suffer type of thing mm. and so even though there was not that much interaction between Vicronics and Arcantos I could see that you know that uh, Arcantos has some of a more favorable attitude and uh, impression towards uh, Vicronics. Yeah, he Vicronics. So, like when 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 you guys went on your missions and stuff, he's not very like. He kind of is like, oh, here, do this thing. I'm not going to tell you the consequences of what of what's going to happen with this thing, but like, y- exactly. you, you, you do it and you're going to figure it out. And yeah, like yeah, Arcantos and you know me myself, both the player and you know. The chosen wanted to explore more on the next chambers, the ne- yeah, nexus chambers. But uh, that's going to be happening inside entry the sixty, entry sixty. But from there, I'll just tell, I'll say that you know it went from one thing to another, and you know uh, it's an aspect where Arcantus would have wanted to, to disagree. But I mean, potentially, you may you may go even further true. beyond. You never know, man. You never know. It could be a writ, for all I know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If anything, yeah, th- that's how the relationship between um, it, how I would see it as a whole right now of Arcantos and Vicronix uh, at the moment. Hmm. Well, um, Oscar, anything else you want to say? Well, um, if anything, sorry for my, uh, you know, pronunciations and you know just add. Oh, don't uh, don't I mean, worry about it, dude. I'm not, I'm not saying it, the. There are so many different things. Like I have my ums and my stutters and yeah. all that stuff. I've gotten a little bit better. I, I can tell, but obviously there's still some improvement that can come with it. And everyone is going to have their own their own issues and all that stuff when it comes to talking. You know, because we're talking to an audience, and I know you can hear us, audience. So hi, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> I mean, even if both, like, if you're in front of an audience at a stage, and right now it's. Not much different. Like there, there's some differences. Yeah, but because I'm more used to the stage. You're just like, oh wait, that you're you're recording. You're recording my voice, and now crap. <laughs> yeah, and to some aspect, you'd be like, oh, this is easier because like, you don't have you know you don't have, you don't have stage fright or anything. Yeah, that makes sense. But you know, it's just it's a, it's more of a to me a, like a different mode of it. But uh, besides that, uh, thank you, Matthew Arthur, for this opportunity. As well chronologically right now a second time but yes yeah so like, we, we already recorded entry 60 but now this is the actual guest podcast which is going to be coming out uh in a week no 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 not a week next saturday not this saturday but next saturday um which, which one once you're hearing this it'll be that saturday so cool yeah, the 21st <laughs> the 21st uh look forward for the 21st but besides that um uh, again uh Thank you, the audience, for uh, listening to our uh, conversation. You know, this is Matthew has become one of my best friends. Not gonna lie, uh, even though I met him through work, but you know, he we do have a work was painful. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I have a new position, but you know, just besides the fact, like we do have our uh, differences and uh, similarities. Yeah. yeah, but then the similarities is just the fact that we're we're able to work their differences, and we have like a ninety percent 
at most like similarity like we do have like almost the same philosophies in life yeah and in general and so that's why i connect with matt most of the time but i do have my own uh you know beliefs and i do respect his beliefs and he respects mine yeah so if we anything have, we uh, have good conversations out of it yeah like you know right now like right now um but thank you you guys for um listening to the podcast and hope you support matt into his endeavors um he truly deserves it thank you he's, he's worked his ass off for this not saying that you should but it's it's your choice <laughs> um but thank you matt and thank you everyone else for uh, this opportunity and thank you for listening to our conversation I thank you for listening to our conversation. Oscar will be returning as our cantos for the season finale. To prepare for that, I will be diving into the story of a new sage up until entry 58. So be sure to join arthadiananthologies.com to stay up to date on these new episodes coming up and share them with your friends for them to immerse themselves in this new expanding universe. Until then, thank you again for your support. Be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, May you be reborn in power.